Especially well, the, shooting this in Vista Vision, you look fantastic. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, movies are your best entertainment, Leonard. <laughs> yes, indeed. And if it's a Paramount picture, it's the best show in town. Absolutely, Leonard, this is such a thrill. I'm a fan of yours. I have been since I was a little boy. I can't tell you how much you've contributed to my love of movies. You know, I'm Generation X. And I was 11 years old when I got a copy of A Mice and Magic. And my mom would tell me stories that she would come in my room when I was a little boy and take it away from me because I'd fall asleep reading it over and over and over. Oh, my gosh. And also the great movie comedians. You gave me my uh, introduction to all of those classic comedians. And check this out. I was saving this for you. All right. <laughs> I was all in the right. I was in the jitterbugs tent here in Las Vegas when I was in high school. You know, we oh, had our right. own. So I just like a big Lauren Hardy fan. Jerry Lewis was my neighbor growing up in Las Vegas. Uh, but just, you know, the Disney films, the Little Rascals. Thank you so much for joining me today to talk about your new book. But I uh, just wanted to say how much you meant to me over the years. Well, you have no idea how meaningful that is to me, uh, truly. And, uh, and I'm very flattered and, and, and just delighted beyond words. Wonderful. Well, Starstruck is your latest book. And you have so many stories over the years, Leonard that you just felt you had to put all these down in a book? Yeah, plus there was this pandemic on. Yes, <laughs> lots and of I time. Had time. <laughs> I had time, so I started uh, from, from scratch and, and summoning up all these stories from my memory. And uh, I never kept a journal, which I'm sorry I didn't, but every now and then there'd be a day so special that I did make an extensive journal entry and i'm so glad i did because otherwise i would have forgotten certain details about meeting katherine hepburn for the first time or working with jimmy stewart uh, uh at entertainment tonight for a frank capra tribute that i got to write that he read on the air and things like that and do you have uh there's so many stories in your book but is there one that sticks out in particular that you kind of pinch yourself that it actually happened well, I suppose it's it's from the very beginning. It's when I was 13 years old and uh, living in the suburbs in New Jersey, but very close into Manhattan. Uh, and my best friend and I were going to go to the city for the day. Uh, in those days, my parents didn't worry about me traveling into the big bad city <laughs> on my own. And uh I, before we left that morning, I picked up the New York Times that was delivered to our doorstep and read that Buster Keaton was making a movie in Manhattan, in lower Manhattan. And what the Times article said was they're making this movie in a alongside a dilapidated warehouse in the shadow of the Brooklyn Bridge. That was what it said. And I had recently found a still of Keaton. I didn't know what it was from but it only cost 25 cents. So I bought it and I stashed that in an envelope. And I said to my friend, Lewis, let's go. And we went to the, to, to Manhattan and took the subway down to canal street. When we came to the surface, we looked around. It was mostly vacant lots. And then way over there, a couple blocks away, we saw some reflectors and lights. And we said, ah, that's movie making. And we went over there and it was a very, very small uh, production. And they had no security guards or anything like that, no trailers. <clears throat> but sitting in the back seat of a car with his pork pie hat on the seat next to him, reading the daily newspaper, was Buster Keaton. And uh, I sort of I put my, 
my face through the, the, the rear window, which was open. It's a warm day. And I said, Mr. Keaton, he said, yeah. I said, my icebreaker was the still. I said, Mr. Keaton, I just found this photo, but I don't know what it's from. Can you tell me? I looked at it and without more than an instant going by, he said, oh, that's from parlor, bedroom and bath. But that's not the gal who was in the scene with me. This must be a rehearsal shot. And I said, oh, that's so interesting. I said, would you mind signing it? No. He signed it in ballpoint pen. And Lewis and I didn't know how to you know, keep up a conversation with this man. And, and he was not an outgoing personality. He, he was not this great stone face he often displayed on screen, but he was not one to have, you know, engaged us in conversation, <laughs> a couple of punk kids. <laughs> and uh, uh, so we sort of, we backed away having had our moment and I met Buster Keaton. That is incredible. What a great story. And you still have that photo today, right? On my hanging framed on my wall. That is a, what an amazing story. You know, you reading through this book, you have just met all these classic movie stars. You know, I've met you at Turner Classic Movies uh, Film Fest many times and a lover of classic film. And when I meet other people who have met those stars, that's the closest I'm going to get to someone who's met John Wayne or Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. You know, I've been a film critic now starting next month, 27 years, a professional wow. critic. Yeah. I've done all the junkets for over the last 25 years. And my my greatest moment was I got to interview Kirk Douglas when he was doing uh, it Runs in the Family. I think that yeah, was the film. Yeah. And most, it, there's such a difference between entertainment reporters and film critics, because they were asking people, we have Kirk Douglas upstairs. And most people were just like, no, I'm, I'm like, are you people out of your mind? You know, so, um, but a lot of our classic stars, they're disappearing, aren't they? They're pretty well gone, truth be told. Uh, and uh, every everyone that that, that that dies, you say, well, that's the end of an era. But each one, you know, had their little niche, their little corner of that golden age, and uh, and and so each time it's true. Well, that's why this book is so important. You have to put these stories down. So it's it's just great for future generations. And, you know, being, like I said, being a film critic and doing so many interviews every every day and every year, uh, I was surprised to find out that you must like a film before you, before you agree to do an interview. I mean, that's not my code. <laughs> I would have nothing uh, to, no one to interview, Leonard. <laughs> I have bent that rule. Okay. I will admit to you, as a fellow professional, I've bent that rule uh, since I started doing my weekly podcast with my daughter, Jessie. We have a podcast called Malton on Movies. And... Uh, to get to interview certain people, we will, uh, you know, sort of put aside that, uh, that requirement and then talk almost entirely about other things. Absolutely. Yeah. Because we give the movie, we have to give the movie its plug, uh, you know, because that's, I, I believe in playing fair and not everybody does, as you know. And, uh, but, but then we move on and talk about other things in their career. And believe it or not, in my 20 plus years, I've never had someone ask me what I thought of the film in the interview. They've never done that, you know, so I kind of dodged Most, a bullet. <laughs> right. Mostly they don't. But then there was that day that I uh, uh, was sent by Entertainment Tonight to see The Postman <laughs> on the Warner Brothers studio lot with no explanation or warning of, of how long it was or what it was going to be like. And then immediately after the screening, I was going to walk like 50 paces to Kevin Costner's office at Warner Brothers and interview him. 
And, you know, You're by, the third hour, by the third hour of that movie, I was muttering aloud. I, I tr truly was. I was going, oh, geez. Oh, no, oh, please, no. So there was no one sitting around me. So uh, I, I could just l let loose. And then I walked in and I prayed he wasn't going to ask me that question. And, uh, but it, in fact, he did. Oh. He said, uh, uh, and that's what I tried to get, you know, in this film, because I love big movies, uh, you know, uh, big size, size and scope. And he said, and I hope you liked it. And I said, well, I liked seeing it on that big screen. <laughs> Good save. And he swallowed it. He said, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, the cinemascope and, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. But Leonard has a, one of the worst lines in movie history. He gives out hope like candy from his pocket. It's just, <laughs> I, I'll never forget that. I, I love your podcast. Yeah, I listen to it all the time. It's brilliant. Is Malton Fest coming back now that we're coming out of the pandemic and making plans? Well, we'd like to see it happen again. We'd like to make it happen again. Another thing that's gotten a little bit in the way for my, my partner in crime, my daughter, Jessie, is that now she's given birth. Yes. And we're new grandparents. Congratulations. So there, it's, it's the most wonderful experience, indescribably wonderful. Changes your perspective, doesn't it, on everything? On everything. Yes. On everything. You know, Leonard, I, I, I grew up being a huge Disney fan in your books, the Disney films and your love of Disney, you know, they go hand in hand. I miss you uh, on Treasures from the Disney Vault. You know, that was one of my favorite things on TCM when they had that. I was furious when your last appearances, I love Darby O'Gill and the Little People. They played the dub version. I couldn't even watch it. It drove me crazy. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. you, <laughs> sort of sorry you told me that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. So, uh, but I, I recovered. So uh, hopefully we'll see you at the Turner Classic Movies Film Festival next year. You're being honored. Congratulations. Yes, thank you very much. They offered it to me. Uh, two years ago, but then COVID came along and they had to do their festival virtually uh, two years running. But this coming year, 2022, uh, they are bound to determine to do it for real in person. And that's when I will receive my Robert Osborne Award. That, what a great honor. Uh, just... Well, it is because Bob was, was a great guy who really cared, really cared about these movies. And, uh, you know, finally today, Leonard, you know, I don't even know, remember this, but a couple of TCM film fests ago, I got up and asked you a question. And I said, uh, when we were having our Q&A at the hotel, I said, is it still true that your shortest movie review ever was Transylvania 6 5000? I saw it live on Entertainment Tonight. You just turned and went, it stinks. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, and that was it. That's all you said. But you told me there was a shorter one. You said, no. Yes, yes. A reader uh, of mine, I didn't do this, a reader of mine submitted a review to the Guinness Book of World Records. And it is in the Guinness Book of World Records as the shortest movie review. And the film in question is a 1948 musical of no distinction called, Isn't It Romantic? And the review is no. <laughs> no, simple, sweet, and right to the point. Yes, yes, <laughs> to the point. Leonard, this has been a total thrill. Thank you so much. Uh, congratulations on Starstruck. Uh, I will see you in three or four months in uh, Hollywood for the Turner Classic. I look Classic. forward to it. I look forward to it. Be, please, if my brain is in, in gear, come up and remind me that we had this lovely chat today. Absolutely. And tell Jesse, congratulations. I've met her many times before, too, and uh, I'm really happy for her, too. So thank you, Leonard. Thank you, Jeffrey. Mm -hmm.